0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Westbridge Church Podcast. To learn more about Westbridge Church, including our service times, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com. This week's message comes from Pastor John McDougall, and we hope it encourages you to take your next step in your faith journey.
1: Good morning, church family. Good to see everyone today. Thanks, Wes, and worship team, and thank you for being here today. We uh, question for you as as we're in week three of our Summer Wonder series, do trees speak to you? Not literal words as you're out mowing or, or hunting or in creation, but do they, in the way that God's creation will at times capture your attention and just say something meaningful to your soul, have you had a tree speak to you? It's interesting as you look through God's word and the really the story of redemptive history how trees play a very important role. We know back to the beginning, day three, God created the trees, and in Genesis chapter two, verses eight, we see what one of the two of the reasons why it says, "Now the Lord God planted a garden in the east in Eden." and there he put the man he formed the lord god made all kinds of trees grow out of the of the of the ground trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food so god instilled beauty in the trees for us to see and and worship him but also food um a a way to provide for us in the middle of the garden there was the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil verse 15 we see the lord god took the man and put him in the garden of eden to work it and take care of it so Part of that was caring for the trees, just part in in what we've been called to do. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. And we know as the story plays out, it was eating from this tree that, that Adam fell and that we experienced the fall, but it was hanging on a tree. The second Adam rescued us, and you turn to the last page of of the story, Genesis, or uh, Revelation 22, and what do you find? One day we will be eating from the tree of life in the, in the presence of God. And so, it's significant in the, the, really the, the redemptive plan of God trees are, but God created trees for us to see, to, to inspire worship, for us to enjoy and be satisfied by the fruit of them. So, we could go today and set our lawn chairs up in a forest and really spend the entire day just basking in the wonder of it and the creative genius of God in in what he's done in a tree couldn't we as you look at these trees that God he takes the the acorn and you bury this thing in compost in what is dead but you add a little water and sunlight and now you have years later this mighty oak you look at the 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 formation of a tree, where it has its roots that go down, its limbs and, and trunk, leaves that go up, and then how it can take sunlight and photosynthesis, turn it into to energy, and even a leaf. If we were to pick one leaf, we could spend just all day long basking in the wonder of of this leaf. What God does in His creation. So, but then we say, okay, look at all the different kinds of trees. Blow you away, don't they? So you look and, and a tree isn't static, like it, it changes through the seasons. It's this slow, like this time lapse of glory that God just sets uh, ablaze all around us. In the spring, I don't know if you have this sensation, but driving by Ellis Park and you, you see a dogwood, does that not give your soul a hit of joy? Like I can't not smile when I see one of these things just, oh, fully alive and so beautiful. And then you go into summer and you see these big sycamore trees. I picture the ones at Ellis Park just throwing shade over the playground for the kids. And just majestic and strong and beating its chest. And like, man, leaves the size of dinner plates, you know, and just, wow. And then you go into the fall and God does for those few weeks. He just, it's worse than driving with a cell phone, it's like just distracted driving, as you see these maple trees, just ablaze, driving down the road, and the Callahan's maple trees that hang over 36, anybody else just almost beer, driving, and we pray for Craig as he rakes the leaves, but appreciate it, they're so beautiful, the, uh, and then come winter, and, and the evergreen takes center stage. And God does what he does. We fall asleep one night, wake up the next morning, and he has blanketed his world in a way that instantly inspires worship. And just so, so beautiful. We have some folks from Minneapolis here. Hall of Fame dad. Kimmy Howard's dad and mom. (laughs) But uh, they get more snow than we get. But we, oh, God does what he does. It just inspires glory. What's your favorite tree? Do you have one? Anyone have a favorite? It's a tough question, isn't it? I was wrestling with that question. I, I it's almost impossible to pick a favorite, but if I had to, if you said you got to pick one, it would be the maple tree. Because that I grew up as a kid spending many hours in the maple tree. It was that. That was my happy place. Um, one day it wasn't a happy place. I ran away from my mom, climbed the tree, and she was trying to discipline me. And she said, your dad's coming home. And I hustled back down the tree, but anyway, <laughs> side note, <laughs> but, but I've often thought God created the maple tree with kids in mind. I think it's the best playground, you, you know, it beats all these other, every other playground is trying to simulate a, a maple tree that God creates and for, uh, for us to enjoy. In fact, I was convicted in this message, the Lord once again whispering, John, you haven't been up a maple tree lately, you need to come climb. So babe, if you look out in the backyard and the mower's there, but I'm not, I'm probably halfway up a maple tree wondering about taking it to the top, but uh, a maple tree is a, a beautiful place, or any tree, a beautiful place to worship our God. But guys, here's the just a neat reality. Yes, God created the tree to inspire worship, the beauty of it. He created the tree to provide food for us, but he embedded a message in the tree to help our soul thrive. A, a message that is both hope-giving and challenging in, in its neat and that it's hope-giving and that it, it calls us to a, um, this is God's plan for your life, his good, perfect plan for your life, but it also calls us up to, to order our life in a way that, that will lead into that. And so here's the big idea of the day. If you remember one thing from the message today, God is calling us to be like a tree in three ways. And so the first three pictures we'll find in scripture, we'll go through three scriptures and a picture in each one of them. The first one is in Psalm 1, verses 1 to 3. As you uh, open up the Psalms, this is really the theme Psalm for the rest, of the 149 that will follow. And what we're going to read is, is core. But he says this, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the seat, sit in the company of mockers. And there you see the progression of being influenced by those who are not following God. You walk along, then you're standing around with them, and now you're sitting with them. And he he draws the contrast. But the, the blessed one is the one, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. And whatever they do, prospers. And so this first picture that God gives us is like a tree planted by streams of water as we consume the Word of God. What's it mean to be planted by streams of water? The emphasis here is on um, reaching out our roots and and, um, drawing nourishment for our soul through the Word of God. The one who delights and desires meditates on the Word of God is like a tree planted by a stream. There's a a constant flow of nourishment that's coming into our lives. It's here we see and celebrate the sufficiency of the Word of God as as it sustains us. And here's the neat picture that that maybe you haven't noticed before. When God says we're planted by a, is it plural or singular, stream? We are planted by streams of water. When we open up the Word of God, it's not like one thing. Bit of resource coming our way, but there are multiple ways that god nourishes our soul different streams that flow into our soul the stream of promise Where we take a promise of god and we anchor our lives on it and it gives us hope and joy You have the stream of command where god Gives us a very clear command that goes counter culture counter soul counter flesh, but it leads us to life It's what we need it keeps us on the path of life Then you have the the uh, stream of truth bedrock truth, where he defines reality in a world that we're always wanting to define it our own way, but this is what is true about him, about us, about our world. Then you have the stream of timeless wisdom, you know, the Proverbs and the stories that, that we gather wisdom for our own lives, and, and we anchor our soul in that, and it, it nourishes us, and it, it keeps us going. Then you have the stream of prophecy, a third of the Bible is prophecy, speaking of what will come. Why did God give that to us? Hope. We are people of hope. How many times, you know, this world gets crazy and despair-inducing, and, despair inducing and we, we open up his word and we read our happy hope. The king says, take heart. I've overcome the world. I'm coming back for you. And, bam, it just nourishes our soul. Do you feel the hope that, that's flowing out of this text, guys? For what, what God intends for your life and my life is that you would be, I would be like a tree planted by streams, having all the nourishment we need for every day. Of our lives with him. I keep seeing the weeping willow tree in our back 40. Amazing tree. We planted this thing 14 years ago. And thanks to some of our interns, uh, Kyle Fox, Warren Seth Becker, they would haul out water to, to take care of this little tree and, and give it um, its nourishment. But what's amazing about this tree, it's, if you go back there or on your way out today, look at this thing. It just, it wakes up beating its chest and just like, ah, It's so alive. Up here on the hill, I don't know if you can see it, there's another tree we planted the same year. It's the oak tree. I, we call it Liam's tree. It, it's Liam and his generation. Liam was born that year, Tyson and Shelley's son, and, and, and our job as a team is to help Liam just go after the Lord and all his, um, his generation. Well, what, why, isn't Liam, why isn't that oak tree as big as that weeping willow tree? Our horticolo- horticologist, Mike Good and others, might be able to correct me here. It's, it might be tree DNA. I don't know. I didn't study that. And maybe oak trees just grow slower and stronger than weeping willow trees. But, but here's my guess. The weeping willow tree, if you, if you go walk, walking through here in a rain, it's pretty much in a river. This is where the river runs and starts a creek that goes out of our property. It's water supply. And the, the oak tree is planted with a, a less water supply. This tree is planted with bigger... So it is for our lives, isn't it? And this is where it becomes challenging, this picture. Am I living planted by the the streams of water? I love the word planted. Do you know there's never been a day I've come out here to work and the weeping willow tree is sitting out here in the front yard? Or, you know, the next day it's a, hey, I think I'll hang out over by Ty and Shelley's house. Or, you know what, today I'd like to run up and plant myself by the road for this week. no. Where's that weeping willow's tree stay every day of its life? Mm. Planted by the stream of water. Awesome to think, man. We've got the words of life. And for every day of my life, here's my resolution. With God's help, I am going to live planted here. So when you check out on me 80 years from earth, whenever, years down the road, check in on you. Where where are they going to find us? Where where are people going to find us? Planted in the word of God. Planted by the streams of living water. Our mission as a church family is to help each other become fully devoted followers of Christ. How do we get there? What's that look like? Five habits, five hard attitudes. And the fourth habit and hard attitude is this, that we would be growing to be more like Christ as we take our next step of faith. And the habit that goes with that is every day we're meeting with God in his word, a daily meeting. But does anybody else struggle with this? I mean, some days I, I wake, I do, I know, I wake up, and man, I am, my soul is like this thirsty ground that's just soaking in God's Word. Other days, my soul just feels dry and almost like concrete where His Word just bounces off of it. And uh, it's part of, it's the ups and downs, and it, it's a struggle, but, and yet there's a, a, God calls us to be faithful in the discipline. And so one of the things that we've added this year, and I'm so grateful for, and I'll, I'll share it again, is called the SOAP method of Bible study, and this helps really cultivate my heart, my soul, and get me uh, more ready to receive his word. And so the S stands for scripture. So you take a scripture like Psalm 1, you read through it, and then you take one verse that jumped out to you or was meaningful to you and write it down in, in a journal. So you just write out one verse. Now what the writing out does is it slows you down and lets your soul absorb it. Then you make a couple observations, not long, but just a few observations. Then you make a few, A stands for applications. So how does this apply to my life? And you apply it, and then P, you you pray it, and and say, Lord, help me apply this, and you thank him, and you just, but you writing all this out is really helping it get into the soul, helping our roots sink into the the Word of God. Now, here's the cool thing. That text, you can take with you and live on that day, And, and it helps us remember it, and I know this week, I've been living on uh, Ephesians chapter 3, 20, 21. Two words came out of that text for me, and it was, immeasurably more. Our God is able to give us immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to the power that's at work within us through through uh, Christ Jesus. And I can tell man, it has been such a nourishment. And, and, and so I encourage you with that. In small groups, we've been doing this. And Wes shared a couple weeks ago how his small group, they would go around and Each of them do a soap. They do a soap on on a chapter in the Bible, and then they share it. And what's neat is everybody has a different uh, perspective. And man, it's often in a small group, the downside is you get the extroverts, a few people dominating the conversation, and everybody else just listens. But here you've got each person sharing, and he said, it has been so good for a group. And everybody praying around as well so neat. So encourage you with that. All right, on to the next picture God's desire for our lives is we would be like a tree. The second picture is bearing fruit in every season as we rely on his strength. So the text here is Jeremiah 17, verses 5 to 8. Verse 5 reads, this is what the Lord says, Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in in the parched places of the desert, in the salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in the year of drought and it never fails to bear fruit. This tree never fails to bear fruit. What's unique about this picture that God paints for us of of what our lives can be is the season the tree is in. Did you notice it? It's a season of drought, a season of heat, a season of limited precipitation, a hard time of life. When you come to that season in your life where it's a, a... it's a hard season. It's a drought season where you are not feeling strong and where the circumstances are, are uh, pressing in on you. How do you continue to bear fruit? Love this picture. It never fails to bear fruit. How do you continue to do that? And what, what do we learn in the text? It's verse 7 is the answer. It's the person who makes the Lord their strength, who relies on him as their confidence. The contrast there in verses 5 and 6 is uh, cursed is the one who, who trusts in man, draws strength from flesh. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. And when we are coming through a tough season of life, often our temptation or our default is to rely on our own strength, isn't it? Try to get through in our own power. And and yet here God is saying, hey, when, when it gets hard, when you come to the hard seasons of life, trust me, rely on me and you will bear much fruit. The the picture of bearing fruit, you may be like, what's that mean? What's the picture there in scripture? It's doing the good that God created us to do for his glory. Deep within us, we're we're all wired to make a difference. We're wired to, to have a purpose, to have significance, meaning. And you say, why is that? That's how God wired us in his image to join him in doing the good that he's created us to do here. But the question is, how do we do that in the hard seasons of life? And what's interesting is, it's often in the hardest of seasons, God is most at work. So to illustrate that through a tree, I've asked one of our tree experts, Michael Young, to come on up and share the making of maple syrup. Now, this guy looks like a normal brother, but he's actually extraordinary in that he is a maple syrup uh, creator. And does anybody else enjoy maple syrup on your pancakes and and your waffles? So just thank you, brother, for doing what you do. But but how does it happen?
0: So um, I I made some notes because I could go down a rabbit trail here. We could be here for hours. So I
1: <laughs> we've got three um, minutes. So stay on, stay it's on track to be good. <laughs>
0: very good, very good. So uh, question about how how we harvest. So it takes about forty to fifty gallons of sap to make one gallon of syrup. Okay. So um, it it's actually a lot of people, when they think of sap, they think of like the tree sap like from your, from your Christmas tree, you know, the, the, over, the evergreens. But actually, it comes out mostly like water, okay? And it's 97%, 98% water, and it's only 2 or 3% sugar when it comes out of the tree. So what we have to do is we have to boil it down, boil off the water until well, it gets to 67% sugar, sugar content, and that's, that's the process. So it comes out of the tree, mostly water, when you, when you see it. So how do, how do we collect? So when we yeah. collect... We uh, we began in 2000 uh, and we started out with about 25 trees. A friend of mine from Lebanon and I, we uh, we, we 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 tapped 25 trees on our property uh, and we used buckets. So we put a, put a tap in the tree, 25 uh, 25 buckets, and we go around and collect. And then uh, after after a couple of years, we kind of got the sugar maker itch. So we thought, why don't make more? So we, we went up to um, uh, when we got to uh, 50, 50, 50. I'm sorry, yeah, we went up to 50 taps. And we continue to have buckets. We we tapped some trees in adjacent property, and once once we got to fifty, we thought, well, the buckets are too hard to, you know, clean clean that many buckets, keep them stacked, and you know, and whatnot. So we actually went to some bags, uh, sap bags. So we bought bags, and we hang them on. Uh, we hang the bags with hangers on, on on trees on the on the on the taps on the trees, and um, we did that up until about 175 taps. Okay, so that's. We've, we've grown over the years. Over the last uh, seven years or so, we've transitioned from from this tubing from, from the bags and the buckets um, to to tubing, low low pre- on 5 uh, tubing on a low pressure pump system. So, uh, we right now we have about 450 taps uh, on on tubing in three different woods locations, and it's pumped to milk several milk tanks. And then we go around just collecting them.
1: Doesn't this make things. you want to go do a tour sometimes? <laughs> Some, maybe we can work something Absolutely. out on that. Absolutely. But here's Absolutely. the question. Yep. Freeze thaw. How, how does that work with the flow of sap? So,
0: well, get on get, get my notes here. So the flow of sap. <laughs> uh, what people, most people, well, let me make sure I got my methods here. Yeah, yeah, we're good. So most people through the wintertime, the sap flows in the, in the springtime. And most people in the winter they want a nice mild winter, uh, but really what 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 sugar maker makers are praying for is a, a, at least a few weeks of a nice hard freeze. And what that hard freeze does for the sap to come, it makes the sugar can, sugar content higher. Now, the the higher sugar content there is, the less you have to boil off to get to that sixty-seven percent maple syrup. So, um, if you have a real mild winter, the sugar content will be lower, and then the, the the, the yield will be a lot less. Okay, okay. So, um, and also along with that hard winter, once the trees start coming out of dormancy and actually producing that sap, um, it's about a six week period. Once the freeze thaw cycle goes normally, and after about six weeks, once the buds pop, once the buds pop out, it's no longer good sap, and it won't make good syrup. So that's the end of this. The start is when it starts flowing of the season. The end is when the buds pop because you're no longer going to make good syrup. Okay? So um, what we need, if we, could, if we could order up our own weather for the, after the hard freeze, if we could order up our own weather, we'd love to have 28-degree nights and about 45- and sunny-degree days, and that would be a great time. It, makes, it, can kinda, it changes the barometric pressure of the trees, and they actually act like a pump and actually help pump that good sap out of the trees.
1: Um, so here's, here's the illustration. If you're a tree, maple tree, and you just heard that. Be like, "No. I'm freezing at night, and you're rocking my world and I'm hot during the day. Now you're going to make me cold again at night, hot during the day, and you're you're saying you want a hard winter. Do you love me?" But the sweetest sap comes out of the hardest season.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Isn't that a neat
1: picture, illustration, built right into God's and, creation? And if,
0: and if we get too warm, if we have too warm of days in a row during that freeze thaw cycle, I say that six week period, the six week period could be shortened because too warm, and we, we like the buds, we like seeing the buds, but if the buds pop too early, then our yield is less. So uh-huh. it's nice to have that slowly warming up. We don't want that too much of a warm day. We do need that freeze and the thaw cycle.
1: So uh, the, trees, you,
0: the trees are designed for this and to, to handle that harsh environment. And we get that liquid. We get that liquid gold. We call maple syrup. So.
1: Hey, awesome! Hey, where can we buy this?
0: Where can we buy it? Yeah. Well, we're still kind of a. We're still a small producer. We're actually still hobbyists, but just you know, just out of the just, trunk of the car, basically. All right.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, thank you, brother. All right. Thank you. What a beautiful picture of God using. It's the hard times often that God brings the sweetest of fruit in our own lives. I think about our Lord. He was crushed for our iniquities. And out of that crushing came our eternal life. Life eternal. Today, if you know Christ, you are called a son, a daughter of the King. Invited to call the father Abba. Because Jesus went through what he went through for us on the cross. Took our sin upon himself. Died in our place. And through faith in him offers forgiveness and eternal life. And we look to his life and he says this is, this is the path. This is the cross. Those moments of suffering, often we, we don't understand them. Um, this side of heaven, they hurt. And yet he says it's the way, it's the J curve, right? Suffering then glory. Suffering then glory. Be like a tree. Rely on my strength in those moments, and you will bear much fruit. You will. And then the last picture God gives us is like a tree, evergreen to the finish as we dwell in his presence. This is in Psalm 92. Last part of this psalm, verses 12 to 15, he says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of God. They will still bear fruit in," in what? old age, they will stay fresh and green proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him. This picture of being evergreen is a picture of being fully alive. So it's that idea of of just being uh, vibrant and just alive. All that God created us to be to the finish. I love this picture. Even in old age, so how do we stay vibrant and green, fully alive when we have all the aches and pains of age adding up on us? How do we stay vibrant and fully alive and loving others as we have relational hurts accumulating in our lives and the bitterness can begin to grow? How do we stay vibrant and green as, as we uh, just, you, you feel the, just the cynicism of life coming with disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. As I was thinking about fully alive, I'm picturing a childlike love for life. And this week was talking to Clayton Edwards. And he was like, man, crew is at such a fun age. Because he's every day he wakes up, and you know, picture summer. And it's going to be the best day yet. Here's a picture of crew. Man. Mm. not that awesome? We've got crew sitting over here. Just This is a new day to go catch a fish. And this today, it's going to be a bigger fish. fully alive. How do we stay like that? And did you notice, guys, what's different about this tree that God points to in this this context? What's unique about this tree? How does this tree stay evergreen and bearing fruit to the finish, even in old age? Where's Where's it planted? In the presence of God. This tree is planted in the house of God, the courts of God, which in this Dispensation represented the presence of god. How do we stay fresh and green in our lives? It's proximity To our god dwelling in his presence and in this dispensation. How do we do that? It's through his holy spirit We have been given the presence of god the the indwelling holy spirit and the way we walk with him the four Remember the four guidelines to, to the spiritual life It's by living filled ephesians 5 19 it's by living lead, surrendering to his lead, Galatians 5. It's by not quenching the Spirit, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, when he nudges us, we go. And it's by not grieving the Spirit, Ephesians chapter 4, when he, um, by going against his word. As we walk in the Spirit, he keeps us evergreen. He teaches us, he encourages us, he comforts us, he convicts us, he, he ministers to us, he comes alongside of us. Four years ago, I looked out at our berm privacy berm in the backyard and realized, uh-oh, we're going to have to replace this thing. And so I went to school as the Adam of the, the family, going to Adam on the backyard, you know, what are we going to do? So I started, you know, Googling tree, best trees to plant, looking at trees that I thought looked good and talking to horticultural experts, people who love trees. And, and, and I landed on the green giant Arbor Vita. And then it became, okay, how can I afford this thing? Get I needed to buy them at about five feet, so I started, we saved up money. Tax return is going to go towards this, and I found a good gardener out on the, uh, or a uh, nursery out on the East Coast that would have these things, box them up, sell them. So when they arrived, oh man, it was a big day. I, I was waiting for that, and came home from work and planted these things, and And uh, do you know, when I, here they are, it's a picture of them today. This is three years later, and They are sitting there on that back berm, just looking. Aren't those beautiful? But do you know when I step out on my back porch, step out of the back porch, almost every time where my eyes go, I check on my green giants. How they doing? If I see a brown, a little bit of brown, I'm back there talking to them. You all right, man? Is there a bug messing with you? When they're in August, and I see them wilt, not wilting, but just feeling hot. Oh, I got you guys. And I pull over the hose, and this is 50-degree water for you all, and I'll give you all you need. Shh. Ten seconds every tree. I got you. I got you. We're gonna get, September's coming. Hang in there. Why do these trees look like this? Grace of God, he makes them grow. But they're living near the gardener. Living near the gardener. The one who cares about them who has the, the, the resources to help him grow. God's saying here, guys, plant your life in my presence. And yeah, there's gonna be hot days and hard days and all these things, but he will keep us ever green to the finish. That's the promise of this text. Isn't that awesome? He shows up. How many times has he done this for you? So when my dad retired from ministry 15 years ago, And retire, he said, That we don't ever retire from serving God. It's just tweaking the, he called it retreading, going into a new season of ministry. Guess what scripture he took as a prayer for this season? His final lap of life. It was this song. So I start, our family started watching him. I'm like, I wonder how God's going to answer his prayer, that he would bear fruit even as an old man and keep him evergreen. And do you know, we could talk all day but God has answered this prayer again and again and again and even today on the end of two weeks he had retina surgery he's having to look down for two weeks can't lift up his eyes visited with him on Wednesday and he's still soul uh, alive and let's say thriving um, yes it's hard but thriving and it's he's living in the presence of the Lord one of our uh, practices as a church but talk about daily meeting, weekly withdrawal, or soul, soul ordering time, but then an annual retreat. And uh, so all of us get away for a weekend just to be with the Lord. We call it a one thing retreat where, Lord, I, I want you to be my one thing and we just go get with him. Eric Lyon went on his one thing retreat this weekend. He hopped on his Harley and went up to the, the distant land of Kokomo, Indiana, hung out in his brother's basement to meet with the Lord. I asked him, how can I pray for you? And wh- what was this prayer? Help me just live, in essence, dependent upon the Spirit, to live close to the Spirit. That's it. And as we do that, He leads us, guides us, directs us, makes us evergreen for His glory. So bringing it all together, God created trees to provide good food for us, but also to inspire us as we see their beauty, inspire worship. But He also embedded into the tree, a message of hope and challenge for us that we would be like a tree planted by streams of water, bearing fruit in every season and evergreen to the finish. The hope of this is is all through jesus christ isn 't it and it 's through trusting him as our Savior, but then following him as our Lord and do you remember the day that he was in a synagogue he was teaching he picks up the scroll and he reads isaiah chapter sixty one and often read the first couple parts of these verses, but the last part of this is so good. It says, this is what Jesus said, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance from our God, to comfort all who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And this is speaking of us, those in the new covenant. This is God's intention for our life. What Jesus came to create is, is this. They will be called, what? What kind of tree are you? What kind of tree does God Desire us to be, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the the display of his splendor. How's that? An oak, mighty tree of righteousness, doing the right thing with the right heart. Why? To say, I got an awesome guy. We reflect his glory. Isn't that a great picture? And as we go now, I'm going to pray and then we're going to. Our parents will come up with our kids and treasures that God has given us. But what's our prayer over each child that God places in our care? And I think so fitting here on today, on Father's Day, it is that our kids would be oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank You for how You've created us, but how You've created Your world so that we would see you even in the trees. And God, I thank you for this message of hope that you've given us in your word, that you want us to be like these trees, trees that are nourished through your word, that are relying on your strength and that are uh, staying evergreen to the finish. And Lord, as we make, uh, invite these just uh, precious families up now to, to uh, make these commitments, we just pray your blessing over them in every way. We thank you for each person here today, God, and just pray that you would take your word and and, uh, allow it to bear fruit in our hearts. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.
0: If you are encouraged by today's talk and believe it would be helpful for others, please be sure to subscribe or share. To experience other messages or find helpful resources, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com.